Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Oh, I got a live one here. What's your name? I'm Andy. Andy Steinberg. Andy Steinberg. Are you a comedian too? Yeah. I'm yeah, his he's features with me on the road. Funny yeah. motherfuckers, huh? Yeah. I love it. I love comedians. I'm. I'm. I, I've. I've. I've always been. I'm a person that's in awe of anything I can't do. So you're saying that's something you can't do? I tried it once. I tried it <laughs> once. It was a nightmare. I. I on my. Um, we started. Just get we just start yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I, let me, I, let me, let me. Okay, y'all, y'all almost got the inside before the action. Okay, let's go. What's happening? It's your boy Aries Spears in the building, and I'm Andy Steinberg. And you know what? Uh, first, let me say, New York, New York. I'm home, baby. I told you this was coming, and now I'm trying to get rid of these uh, goosebumps I got right now because we told y'all last week what was going to happen, and now it's here. Uh, our first major big time guest. The man, the myth, the legend. I'm a gush for a second, but let me go ahead and give the man the proper intro. Ladies and gentlemen, Ice-T. What's happening? What's good, Aries? What's up, baby? That's what's up. Yeah, man, this is fun. It's always a treat when players meet, man. Yes, sir. Always. Yes, sir. Always. So, you know, I'm getting to kick it with you and Andy. It's very exciting. Um, You know, the difficult thing about doing podcasts is getting people on point. You know, trying to intersect moving objects. Everybody, you guys are on the road. I'm on the road. I'm doing Law and Order, so it's hard to get this to happen. But here we are. We sitting there in my we crib, eleven o'clock in the morning. And, and, and <laughs> let, me, let me tell y'all. Um, oh goodness, we pull up. We get in the gate. The garage. Let's start with the garage. There's the um, Porsche. There's the uh, the Benz. And then I didn't know what the other car was. Is that a Lambo or Ferrari? And McLaren. McLaren. Yeah. So then we get past that. We come up to the, the ice comes down in the elevator. Uh, we walk into the crib, and this is straight Tony Montana. Scarface meets New Jack City meets James Bond meets. This crib is immaculate, brother. Thank you. Damn. Right yeah, I'm watching y'all what, on the, the fish tank. No, the screen. Look yeah. at the screen. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's a little bit of everything. It's, it's a little bit of everything. The fireplace, all that. Um, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, I got to step my game up, uh, Come uh, on, man. for real. Now I've been out here in New York. I came out here uh, almost twenty years ago to do four episodes of Law and Order, and uh, you know I think some some of your listeners might have gone back to my MTV cribs where I had the cool crib in Hollywood. And, and, with- and, and, and let me stop you real quick. Uh, that's where I f- not no. 
I hung out with you. That's the second time I hung out okay. with you. I don't know if you remember, but me and a couple of my boys, we and you had this, the vending machines. Yes, down in the studio. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and I had the, the swimming pool with the brains blown out, and everybody was like, okay, Ice's got his, got his own thing going. So when I got out here, I started in a hotel, because I only came to, here, to New York to do four episodes of Law & Order. You know, that's how it goes. So yeah. you were California. You were happy California. Everything was good. I was cool in California, but it was like, you know, I was out there. I had a record label. I was trying to invent iTunes. I was way up on MP3s before people were. Uh, if your listeners want to think I'm lying, go to um, Google and Google Ice-T invents iTunes. Ice-T invents Apple. And back there, like 15, 20 years, well, 20 years ago, I told you the way music was going to be made. And how people were going to be able to use uh, the internet to receive music. This is before Apple had created iTunes, but I was attempting to create it. So I'm there, and I get a call from um, Dick Wolf and them. And I'd I'd already done four shows with Dick Wolf's. I had done New York Undercover. Y'all might remember that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Danny right. up. I did that. I played a gangster on Swift Justice. I played a pimp in the um, Law & Order movie Exile. I had my own show called Players with Costas, Mandalar, and Frank Hughes. And I was back in L.A. You know, the, the show's up and down. So I get a call. They go, would you come to do Law & Order SVU? I said, no. I said, nah, I'm cool. You know, I know the salary cap on the, on, on the guest star. I'm like, I'm cool. I got employees and everything. They go, come on, man. Do four shows. Dick Wolf's check's clear. You dig? Mm. And uh, one of my boys was like, come on, man, take a vacation. Come to New York. Go out there. You know, well, we ain't making no money yet, really. You know, what, we going to rob you? We, you know, we ain't, <laughs> we ain't making no money. Come on. And I came out here and four episodes ended up 20 years. Jesus. Now, let me, let me go off that for a second, because I remember uh, up until I got banned from Twitter, you were one of my followers. They banned you. They banned me, dude. Um... <laughs> And I remember one what time. What did you do to get banned up? You know what, it? man? I, I, I get um, real, not political, but I'm passionate about yeah. Obama. Yeah. And I don't like Obama haters, yeah. especially. But cool. they're trolls. They're trolls. I know, I know. But, but, but besides fighting the white folks about Obama, I especially went hard in the paint against the coons. Right. That, that do that tap dance shit. And so. But, 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 Aries, let me break you down. Let me help you out. A troll is trying to get you to come out of your face. That's what trolling is. So if I know you love Obama, I'm going to say something to get you to call me something that you shouldn't say, to try to step, pull you out of your But you cool think it's all trolls? You don't think it's some of the people that believe that shit? I just know when to shut up. I just okay. know. I just, That's what I got to do. Yeah, I just know when it's like, okay, you trying to drag me over here where you really want to see that, that motherfucking iced tea, that, that nigga that don't give a fuck. Well, then, you know, then I want to see you face to face. We're not going to do this over the Internet. And it's funny, like you speak. Tretch is one of my great friends. Right. right. And Tretch is like, I had to get off social media. Right. I said, why? He says, because motherfucker call me some bitch, bitch ass motherfucker. I'm like, well, what's cracking, nigga? I'll kill you. And then the nigga gave me his address. (laughs) He says, can't do it, Ice. He said, I, I, I you know, like, like, let, you know, let, it all, it'll end up and let's meet up. And then it's like, right. yo, why are we, I don't even know you, nigga. Like, why are we even at this? Right. So some people, maybe like yourself, have to stay away because it's, it's, it's rough this, out this, there. And this, this was what I was getting to because I remember uh, at one point 
somebody had said something slick to you and you jumped in their ass and then I had came to your defense yes. and jumped on them. And my here's my thing which bugs me out. I'm sitting here like people will say to me, I'm not a fact, I, I remember what they said to you was something along the lines of you was washed up. Yeah. And I went, these motherfuckers that say this have no perspective. Because I'm sitting here going, this man has done movies since I was, let's be honest, a, a youth. New Jack City, when I went and saw that, I was in my teens. Right. So there's the movies. There's the music. I was in college. There's there's uh, uh, 20 years of SUV. And I'm going, y'all don't really know. Like, when I was on Mad TV, that was a sketch comedy show that came on Yeah, Saturday I was on Mad night. TV, too. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going, this man's doing primetime one-hour dramas. Yeah. Y'all have for 20 years. You know what that money is. So that's why I'm just going. But if his life is washed up, what does that say about the, you? The washed up shit. Would hurt if I was washed up. You see what I'm saying? Right. When motherfucker tell me you washed up or you threw, you know, you sit in the McLaren and, and laugh. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's like it would hurt. Like 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 insults hurt if they're true. But you just said Like it somebody though. told me, yo, you old. I'm like, okay, I am. Next. I'll take that. You right. see what I'm saying? I just I'm about to turn sixty one years old. But I can still bust your ass though. Let's try that. <laughs> I still beat your motherfucking ass in the street, dig it. So it's 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 just people, you know. What one of my comments was always, "What is a safe distance to talk shit to somebody that would fuck you up?" The internet. It's a safe right. distance, yeah. you know. So I don't I don't really care. And you know what I did when I first got on Twitter, I started a gang. Once I, you know, me before I step into anything, I understand the politics. So I said, this is mob rules. This is a democracy. This is, this, is, this is a mob situation. I need a gang. So I started the final level Twitter gang. People were like, why do you need a gang? I said, because I'm going to turn my followers into a, a moving posse. I'm not going to be out here just as myself. So I started creating it. So now I'm over a million of them. And a lot of times somebody say, oh, Ice-T, you know, you ain't shit. And I'll just retweet them and go, Really? And then the, my, my fucking gang right. gets boom. Right. And you were proud of it. Right. You right. went in. Right. And, and people were like, oh, well, dogpiling. I'm saying, I'm not telling anyone to do anything. Right. I'm just retweeting your bullshit to my fans, people right. that love me. Right. And let's see how they react to it. Well, it hit me just because, like you, I'm in entertainment. Right. Um, and while there's levels to this, whether my success level is here or yours is here, the bottom line is we in the same gang. So I take offense to it because I'm like, yo, we in the same gang and you saying some nonsensical shit where you have no perspective. And you know what? You're right. I probably should leave it alone. But the fact is... But you got to know when to stop. I don't say necessarily leave it alone. Right. I, I, I let a motherfucker clown motherfucker know he's a clown and a bitch ass nigga. But you got to know when they're about to draw you into that dark zone of the right. inappropriate response right. that they're going to turn around and flip it and say, oh, you know, he called me this or he went this way. You got to know there's a line. Right. And, you know, but I could dig it. I could, you got to have thick skin. I mean, let me tell you one quick story. Coco's mom's was on um, on a family feud with us. Mm -hmm. Simple, beautiful woman, like, nicest lady in the world. Somehow she found some fucking family feud chat room and they were talking shit about it. Right. And it bothered her. It really hurt her. And I'm like, first off, mom, 
how did you find a fucking family food chat? Like you had to search for people who talk right, shit right, about right. people on Family Feud. But once you got there, of course they're gonna talk shit. But you could, it, it was hard for her to handle. So I'm like, you got a lot of celebrities can't fuck around. Listen, man, but here's media. the thing, though. When I hear celebrities, athletes go, I don't read the paper. Nine times out of ten, that's a lie because it is a lie. we're human. Yes. So as much as people go, why does that bother you? You shouldn't let it bother you. We're human. It bothers sometimes me. you hear some shit that cuts a little too deep, right. and you go, "Fuck!" It's your natural reaction to react. Yeah, I, 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 I absolutely agree. You can have a thousand people say something good, and then somebody, one person, will say something bad, and it'll fuck with you. Right. Um, you just have to. God, I, I always felt that you are insulated by your fans from the haters. The love insulates you. You know, if you didn't have any love, right. It would be a desperate situation. But the fact that your fans insulate you and say, shit, get the fuck out of here. That's the beautiful thing of having fans. That's, you know, I always tell people, I always looked at my fans like soldiers or taking it out the streets, gang. It's like they fight your battles. It's only so much Aerie Spears can say about himself. Me as a fan is going to go and stand up for you. You know what I'm saying? So they are important. That's why you have to really respect the true ones and say, thank you very much for your support. I always say, it's supporting me. Hold me down. I might get in trouble. Who's going to protect me? My fans are going to say, now fuck that. Like you see all these celebrities right now getting in trouble or whatever. Their fans are on the front line standing up for them. And you got to respect that. So, of course, the idiot now and day going to call, come in, oh, yo, yo, you know, Mike Tyson, you ain't shit. Mike Tyson will knock your fucking head <laughs> off your mother. Mike Tyson, He's for real, too. Mike, Ty- Mike Tyson was never, never said anything more than he was a great motherfucking fighter. He's a great person. Right. He's a friend of mine. But he's a fighter. And he can still, I don't give a fuck how old he is or what you think he's out of shape. That motherfucker will hit you and you'll die. <laughs> you'll die. So don't play around with fucking Mike Tyson. But it's easy on the internet. Yeah, but face yeah. to face, when you see Mike, Mike's right. still built like a tank. Right, right. Get the fuck out of here. Let me, let me, let me switch gears a little bit. Um, <laughs> From the trolls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, musically, and, and you know, you just said, I, you know, brother for 60, you, you, you're doing well. Yeah. Um, I'm 43. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I come from that era musically mm-hmm. where lyrics mattered. Dude, 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 let me stop. I seen you rap like every motherfucker in the book. <laughs> when I that I mean, I think that was my Aries Spears moment, right? Like I, I I'm I'm friends with Tracy, I'm friends with Chris Rock, I know everybody. Right. But when I saw I don't know what show you was on, but you did Jay Z, you did all the different rappers. Like I fucks with dude. This is some dope shit because, like I said earlier, anything I can't do, right. I'm in fucking awe of. Right. So I was like, how the fuck is he doing that? <laughs> well, you know what, man? I, I, I say, like, I've had people say to me, hey, man, you should rap. And I go, wait a minute now. Me being able to write once for some shit in particular right. is very different from 19 tracks on an album. Yeah. It, I almost have to smoke a whole 30 pounds of weed. <laughs> And be in a matrix zone to come up with 16 bars. Right. So to do a whole album, I, I, I can never rap. I respect the art form too much. But lyricism, and, I, and, I, and this is another thing I've gotten into with, with cats on Twitter, young cats. Right. Because they call us old heads. Right. And they think that, oh, y'all hating because we getting money. And I said this on Vlad TV. I said, uh, first of all, it ain't hate. 
But what we coming at you with ain't about because you're getting money. It's about because you're not doing the work. You're lazy. Well, it's, you're lazy. It's a generation gap, Aries, and we're always going to look at our generation as being the best. One of the things about hip hop, you never grow up. Hip hop is the fountain of youth. So not only do we think we rap better, we also think we can outbreak dance them, we can out gangster them, we can beat their ass. We believe that our generation was the most true and most real thing that ever happened. But don't you think that 90s era was the golden era? Well, that's what LL called it. LL named it the golden era of hip hop. I think it was the true birth of the art form in its most powerful state. It's what it what allows it to continue on. You know, all those gold and platinum records that happened because pre the 80s and 90s, you had the unrecorded hip hop, you know, the Grandmaster Kazes, the Cold Crushes, the Treacherous Threes, all that. They weren't making records, you see. So then out comes, you know, the Fat Boys, Run DMC, Curtis Blow. Um, the next generation was me, Chuck D and Rakim and them. And then they just kept going. Tribe Called Quest and it kept going. Um this new generation is kind of like, it's more based now around a party. It's back to partying. And it's, it's very producer driven. Like, I can go in a club and listen to the tracks and I'm like, God damn, man. I don't really even care what anybody's saying because the tracks are so powerful. With the tracks and the production being so incredible, now a lot of, ly- a lot of lyricists, don't have to do the job because now it's musical based. But you've got the J. Coles, you've got yes. the Kendricks, you've got uh, uh, um, Lupe Fiascos. But you've they're got, not getting the shine but that there's, other ca- the mumble rappers get. But see, radio never played Public Enemy. Radio never played KRS-One, Ice Cube, Ice-T, Ghetto Boys. Radio never wanted any content. Radio wants it to be very generic and very simple and something that doesn't push any buttons. So when you say they're not getting the play, you're saying you're not hearing them on the radio. But I, I, I deal with the battle rappers. I deal with cats like Immortal Technique, you know, the Technize, the real spitters, super hardcore spitters. I've just decided personally to step out of the, the, the game as far as making comments on music as I see it, because I'm always going to pick what I prefer. And music is all, um, it's, it's all uh, perspective and taste. You know, I was with my wife, right? So we're rolling and stuff. We've been married maybe 15 years, no, about 10 years at the time. And we're talking and she goes, well, I don't listen to the words. I almost wrecked the car. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? You don't listen to the words. She said, I don't listen to the words. I'm like, Wait a minute, I labor over these words. You don't listen to the words? She says, no. And so then I had to let that sink in, and I was like, okay. So then, 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 and here it goes. I made her listen to the words. Me being a rapper, I'm like, no, fuck that. You better listen to the words. So I'm playing her mob deep and all this kind of stuff. She goes, well, he says he's only 15. How, how did he do all this by the time he's 15? And now she started, I was like, we're not supposed to listen that close, right? right? right, right now it's getting a little bit, because she's like, well, how, you, how would you get a key of dope if you only get a, no, so she's starting to break the shit down. I'm like, okay, look, words are important. And, and I, I just look at it like it's a generation gap. And, and, and you have to kind of address that. My son is now 27. When he was when he was fifteen, he was getting in the club. 
He grew up wearing $250 sneakers. He never had to hustle a day in his life. He got picked up from the hospital in a Rolls Royce. What the fuck can he rap about? What can he rap? What is his life experience? I'm in the club. Why? Why was he in the club at 15? Because I brought him there. I took him there. So we raised a generation of jaded youth. These kids that we had a problem with, we did it. We did it to them. We we flossed them out really early. They're jaded. They're living off their parents. They never had the gangbang. They never had the hustle. We do. So it's kind of like the kids. They grew up to become the kids we used to hate or we right. used to rob. Right? right now, these are our kids. Right? right. So I'm looking at them like, okay, this is a generation. But, but I believe it's going to return. Please. Please. And I, I'm listening to it now and I'm hearing rappers getting more lyrical. When you see, like I say, a J. Cole have a hit album or a Kendrick, it steers people into that direction. It takes more work, but it can it's a phase. It can only stay in this zone for so long. Right. It's gotta change because you know what's gonna happen? Motherfuckers is gonna have to start paying rent. These rappers are going to have to start dealing with bills. They're dealing with the police in a real way now. And they're going to start addressing it. When they just did the thing to 21 Savage, I was watching what the young cats were saying. They got political. All of a sudden, now they're talking about immigration all of a sudden. Because now it's the life that hit us is starting to happen to them. And they're going to have to readdress what they sang about because they're now becoming... Adults. So let me ask you. <laughs> so, but when you say <clears throat> we think every generation thinks their generation was the shit. Absolutely. When you really look at it in terms of a timeline, the eighties birthed hip hop. Right. And for what that was, I, I don't want to say simplistic, but I went to the market and a hen, and a hen, and then by the nineties, complexity. Right. So it got better. Got better. From nineties to now, has it gotten better? Feels like it's digressed. Well, it went to another zone. You know, there was a big, big thing when I came out and I stepped to one of the rappers. We ain't going to say his name. because I know who you're talking about. But but we, but, I got you. But it was more like, I felt like when you lower the bar, you start to make it easier. See, the thing of it is, hip-hop, what I was taught was hip-hop requires skill. That was the key. Bambada and everybody. Hip-hop requires skill. The skill, skill of a great DJ. Right. Which means you had to pick records and spend records, Right. The skill of a break dancer, the skill of a graffiti artist, and the skill of an MC. You had to have skill. If you didn't have skill, you're called whack. Right. Whack whack is a great word. It was put in the hip hop, not W H A C is whack. W A C K. And it's put there just to let you know you gotta get better. Right. You whack right now. You ain't you you, you do your whole comedy sketch. I'm like, that shit was whack. It, it didn't it, the next night you could be dope. Right. It doesn't mean you whack forever, it just meant that night. Right. Right. That was part of hip hop. But but like any other art form, if you bring the level of difficulty down low, see, there's more people without skill than there are with skill. So if you open the floodgates to the people without skill, they all want to run in. Reality TV did that when reality TV came out and somebody said, damn, that motherfucker made five million dollars for doing nothing. I could do that. Then right. everybody, right. <laughs> everybody runs through. When everybody on television has to be Daniel Day Lewis, really, or actor, a movie right. actor, people go, 
Well, let me just sit back and watch this man do what he do, because I can't fuck with that. When you watch Michael Jordan play basketball, you go, let me watch this man, because I can't fuck with that. Right. But when they let any motherfucker get in the game, you like, wait, wait, hold up. Right. Give me something. I always tell people, you can't play in the NBA. You cannot beat the guy on the worst team, the last guy on the bench of the worst team in the NBA. So sit your motherfucking ass down and commentate. Let these motherfuckers play basketball. You can't make it in the NFL. You can't make it through one practice. So there's a reason we call these people stars. When the floodgates opened up, meaning the Internet and everything, now we're we're so overloaded with musicians. Nowadays, also, you have a new generation that says, well, if it's good, wouldn't it be on the radio? They're, They're lazy. They, they don't search like we did. Right. Like, so they're going to go, oh, if it's on radio, it must be good. So that's, they got to be hot. And that's basically why you have a paradigm shift in talent versus the stars. Uh, but, hey, you know what I'm saying? It's like I said, I just turned, I'm turning 61. Am I really, truthfully supposed to be in tune with an 18-year-old rapper? Truly? I mean, no, but just all my whole thing was just respect the art form enough yeah. to do it right. But those this that, is a franchise, man. Those that do, there's those that do, and there's those that don't. And, and you yeah. know, I, 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 I got to give out respect to all the young artists that do, that do respect it, right. that do understand that this is something that started a long time ago when they're holding hip hop in high regard. I can't just make a blanket statement and say hold a new whole new generation is suckers. That's bullshit. That's me being bullshit. The truth of the matter is, there's cats in there that really respect the art and they're trying their fucking best, and there's people that are just trying to get paid. And there it is. <laughs> okay, so with you, I like that you keep you brought up hip hop and then the way that you broke what hip hop down is and, and what was important. But how did you bring metal? Like you were the first one to really bring metal right. in, in, into into hip hop, and I didn't think hip hop and metal went together. I, I'm I'm right. I'm a little I'm, I'm 53, right. so I'm at your I'm where yeah, when you said. came out. I didn't get it. I was when you first came out. I was like, what is it? Right? Yeah. Um, well, what it is is that I've always liked metal. Um, when I was, I mean, look, my, my, my mother passed when I was in the third grade. My father died when I was in the seventh grade. I had to move to Los Angeles to live with an aunt. When I moved there, my cousin, I had to stay in the room with my cousin who was out of high school. He thought he was Jimi Hendrix. He was a black guy that thought he was, he was a rocker. He would walk around the house with scarves tied around his head and play air guitar. Nigga couldn't play any instrument, but he thought he was Jimi Hendrix. He kept the radio stations tuned to the rock stations, which was KMET and KLOS. Now, music is an acquired taste. If you have never heard, say, reggae music, you may not think you like it. If you work in a Jamaican restaurant, by a week, you'll be able to pick out songs that you like. You might not even know what they're saying. Right. Same thing with rock. If you have to listen to it over and over, you're going to say, okay, I like, I like Jethro Tull. You know, I, I, I'm digging, I'm digging, you know, Blue Oyster Cult. I, I'm, I'm into, you know, Jay Giles Band or, 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 or uh, you know, Edgar Winter. So I was more into Black Sabbath. I dug the more heavier stuff, the darker stuff. And that was something that I was just into. When I did my first album, Ryan Pays, the hook to the, my title song was War Pigs. So when people say, oh, well, you just got into rock, I'm like, nah, why would a rapper use the music from a rock record 
to be the title song of his first album if it wasn't already embedded in me. So that was the first stage. I always loved rock and I understood it. Now, I had a guitar player, a buddy named Ernie C, who's the lead player. He went to Crenshaw. Now, we went to Crenshaw. Might as well have called Cripshaw. It was all black school. Only white people there were the teachers. It was all gangbangers, right? And um, basically, he would play guitar, do Peter Frampton and nutrition in the multi-purpose room, playing rock. And the Crips would be like, the fuck is he playing? But this nigga can play that guitar. That nigga, you know, like, he can play that guitar. So he was connecting to Ernie Isley, who was playing lots of Lee. So we'll fast forward, I become Ice T. But I got this virtuoso guitar player here. And he used to try to play on my records. So we go to tour, we're touring with PE, and when I when we would play fast rock music, fast music like Welcome to the Terra Dome and Power and stuff, they would mosh. The kids would mosh. So I came back home with the idea. I'm like, damn, man, what if I had a rock band? Because they, I, once you play in front of a mosh pit, there's nothing like it. you like, I want that. I love that. So I was like, let's do it. So I came home with Ernie. I said, look, let's make a band. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to use Vince. I mean, we'll use B Master V, who's a weed dealer, but he could play drums. Moose Man, who's a weed dealer. He could play guitar. He plays bass. D-Rock, who's your student. And we'll make a band. And I said, we'll cross it with suicidal tendencies and Black Sabbath. And basically, me still singing about the same shit. And that's how Body Count was born. It was just born out of, let's have some fun. And we started playing pizza joints in L.A. So Ice-T's playing pizza joints? Absolutely. As Body Count. You got to start. That's how you say, everybody starts. You don't go on no fucking television show and win an award and become a millionaire. That's not how it works. <laughs> you pay your dues because you have to you have to hone your craft. You got to learn what's not working. You, by the time you make that big stage, you know what the fuck you're doing. You're not just coming out. And later on, Perry Farrell gave us a chance to be on Lollapalooza. He gave me a chance. And he said, you have an hour set. And I said, I can do whatever I want. He said, yeah. So I split the set, half Ice-T, half Body Count. And Body Count was born. And we sold a million records. That was the Cop Killer album. And we were off to the races. And it was just done because it was another lane, another place I could express myself. Also, certain lyrics, speaking with Aries, is saying, lend itself better to metal than it does to rap. So the more aggressive shit, the shit where you yell... It worked better with the rock shit. I got to ask. <clears throat> so, Cop Killer, mm-hmm. right? Cut to playing a cop. Yeah. When you did Cop Killer, were real police, like, this nigga's got a target on his back now, versus now playing one, Same they shit. love you. No, they don't love me. I just went, got arrested two weeks ago. Uh, well, about a month ago. Look, look. Uh, body count... When we did Cop Killer, I was in the recording studio and uh, I was singing Psycho Killer by Talking Heads. Psycho Killer. And my drummer said, we need a cop killer. The drummer, is he black? Yeah, black. Everybody in Body Count is black. So he goes, "Um, I'm a cop killer. He goes, yeah, you know, they just shot Homeboy the other day. They shot this nigga, this dude, blah. He says, you know, if somebody would go out there and go at them motherfuckers, they would back up. They'd be, you know, they fall off. You know, they, they right now they're not being addressed. So I started thinking and I just came up with this guy who kind of snapped because of police brutality and went after him. 
you know, cop killer, it's better you than me. Cop killer, fuck police brutality. That's what my guy was on. He's figuring, like, if it's about me and you, if the cops put you down in the street and one of us is going to die, it's going to be you. Fuck the bullshit. Fuck your law. You know, I'm not going to let the law kill me, right? We're going to go down like men, which I understand that theory. So we make the record, and we play the record for a year on a lot of Palooza, and nothing ever happened. And uh, then later on, uh, the... the uh, the, the cops out of Austin, Texas, the fraternal order of police came at us. Um, Why, y'all are touring there or something? No, nah, they just decided. It was like a Willie Horton thing. It was like an election year, and they needed something to say, you know, was... They, they try to, you know, Trump's been doing it now. They distract people with shit. So the cops are over here killing people for real. They go, hey, well, these guys made a record about killing us, and they throw all the attention away. And your album cover, too. Well, the album cover was just the devil. The album cover was a gangbanger with cock killer written on his chest. The imagery was the devil. Uh, We said that, you know, white kids would see the devil this way. I would meet the devil in the alley, and he'd have a forty-four aiming at my motherfucking head. It was the ultimate gangster, the last motherfucker you wanted to meet on earth. That was who that picture was, the devil. So we say, you know, and he was black. The devil could be coming at you. I judge a devil by his deeds. I don't give a fuck what they look like. I watch how you get down. So anyway, that was it. So now here you go. You go into the acting game. My first acting role was playing the cop in New Jack City. I was torn. I didn't know how people would address it. I was like, damn, I got an album out called Original Gangster. I'm about to play the cop. My homies check me quick. They say, nigga, you out here complaining about not having no fucking opportunity. And they give you an opportunity to be a movie star. And you going to say no. Nigga, you better go out there and play that motherfucking cop. Are you crazy? And uh, I, did the sh- I did the movie. And uh, people accepted it. They said, hey, Ice-T, you a good role. At that point, I understood there was a line between acting and reality. People say, well, you're acting. I'm like, I was acting in Cop Killer. I never I never killed no cops. I was acting right. as a guy. That wasn't me. It wasn't Ice-T saying, let's go cop killing. You should go kill a cop. Never have I, I never said that. This was a character who lost But a black life. man showing any kind of, uh, oh, yeah. you know, throwback at, at, at authority, especially authority with a badge. Oh, yeah, no. that's dangerous. It's very dangerous. And I don't advise it. If you want to go head up with the police, be prepared for whatever comes with it. You know, like, I'm a big fan of Kaepernick. But at the same time, I'm like, yo, when you take that knee, when you protest, you got to be prepared for the hit. The hit comes with protest, meaning you're going to smack you back. You can't just think, I can protest and nothing's going to happen. There's, then what is the resistance? There's going to be a back thing. If we come out and we say something extremely provocative tonight, there will be a flashback. People, whoa, you're going to say it. If you want to come out and say something bad about gay people, got to be prepared for them to come back and hit you. You can't be like, oh, well, you know, and that's why I, I give with the Kaepernick people, but I'm like, Cap, you took the knee. They kicked you out the NFL. You, you, you really needed to take that knee. That's what you stood for. Don't get mad. Don't be upset. You can't make the owners take you back. We can't boycott. And then I, 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 I was not with the boycott because I'm like, what about the thousands of other NFL players, black people that are in there working in the NFL? What is the boycott going to do? There's more millionaires 
of, of color in the NFL probably than any other business. Let me let me interject my Paul Mooney for a second. I did Go. this on one podcast. Before. Go, nigga. You know them niggas love that money. Yes, them niggas love them white women and them money. <laughs> them NFL niggas are not going to get rid of that money. The money it's like bananas to them niggas. Them women are like bananas to them niggas. The apes, gorillas in the mist. Them niggas ain't gonna boycott. Nigga. I love Paul Mooney. Nigga, you know it's true, nigga. But they. I, I I understand it, but it just look good like this. Let's change it. If I decide in the middle of a Law and Order episode, I'm gonna drop down on my knee and I'm gonna stop this production. I gotta be prepared to get fired. I can't be mad if they get right. mad. That's my point. I mean, I understand, but you gotta know that. So when you decide to make that protest, you gotta be ready to take the hit and don't cry about the hit. When they came at me, when I ended up off Warner Brothers, you didn't hear me cry. You didn't hear me go, oh well. You know, they came at me wrong. I had to go speak to Minister Farrakhan. Uh, I went to speak to Minister Farrakhan myself, Chuck, Sister Soldier, and Ice Cube. And in not so many words, Minister Farrakhan told me, Ice-T, if you stand in the street, expect to get hit by a car. If you come out and make a statement, be prepared for impact. You can't just do stuff and think it's not going to happen. So my hat's off to uh, Kaepernick. You know, he took a stand. I've been taking stands against police brutality and the bullshit that goes on. I think anybody with two eyes can see it. Of course, they use a diversionary technique. Oh, he's going against the the Star Spangled Banner and our troops. That was such bullshit. Yeah, well, we know that. That was such bullshit. No one would take a knee against the troops that are dying. No, who the fuck would do that? Who would ride with that? Right. We all got brothers and sisters in the service. We would never do that. But that was the diversionary technique to make motherfuckers take away from what we were really protesting. So, you know, I hope he makes it back into the NFL. But it wasn't every team boycotting the entire NFL. I don't I didn't you know, I learned. One of my games, you know, like you listen, they got all these different people, advisors in this shit. You know, I could be an advisor because I've been fucking at the fucking president's been after me. Here's the key. It's not about getting mad at everything. It's getting mad at the right shit, getting really mad at the right shit. If you're going to boycott somebody, boycott one of the owners. Go after the particular person who actually is causing not the whole fucking NFL. That's not who the real enemy is because a lot of the owners ain't, ain't was with it they rocked with it right. so that's the thing like be precise with who the fuck you after and get them how do you feel about, <laughs> how do you feel about trump i mean trump is a motherfucker man i mean there's no real words you can put into trump trump is the ultimate gangster like trump is more gangster than anything we've ever seen he'll say what it takes He's a motherfucker. I can't even. My pimp buddy told me, he said, yo, Ice, man, when you stand and waste up in liquid shit, no one can see the dirt on you no more, man. He's so dirty that you just can't even see it no more. <laughs> it's like and anything he does today, he'll outdo it tomorrow. So you don't even know what you was mad at him about last week. But he truly doesn't give a fuck. That's his get down. And. I think what bothers people the most about Trump, not that he's just at that he uses this immigration thing as a cover-up for racism. Right. Uh, it's just that his, his just demeanor is not presidential. It's just like, 
you want to, you know, he did the State of the Union. Nobody really gave a fuck because he gets up at 6 a.m. and starts tweeting on the toilet. It's like, <laughs> dude, that ain't how the motherfucker. When I was growing up, the president would talk and everybody, your mama would say, turn the TV off, turn, shut up. You know, I don't give a fuck if it was Bush, Reagan. The president is about to say something. Right. And we'd all listen. Trump just talks and just says wild shit. He's wild. I, I, I just can I just call the motherfucker. He's wild and like he got more homies going to prison than I do. <laughs> like his whole crew, man. I, my my crew was really out there. You know, his crew is going down one right. by one. I mean, they raided Stone at six in the morning, brought him out barefoot. These motherfuckers is wild. Like I'm like yo, this shit. I don't know. I think when they start snitching. That's when the shit's gonna get wild. Do you, do, you, uh, do you think he's racist? I think I think Trump is a supremacist. Let's go past racism. I think he's a supremacist. Uh, he thinks he's supreme to human beings. Period. So everything. But if you don't think there's a, a oh yeah, well part part of part of part of racism is being supreme, you know. But he's supreme to everything. I don't think he like poor white people neither. Yeah, you said Andy says that all the time. I think he's a supremacist. I think he just believes that he is above and beyond all human beings. I think, of course, I think when you determine, okay, the Mexican border is the biggest problem in the United States. That's like that's a very racist way to look at things, you know. Okay, it's the Mexicans; they're the problem. They're the drug dealers. You you plug all this this on them. All of a sudden, this is a new enemy that we were unaware of up to this point, and not one terrorist has come through that border. But you know, then you do the Muslim ban. He, he's just a he's not a good person. He he's he. I read the art of the deal before Trump tried to run for president, and basically it says do whatever the fuck you got to do because mm. you got to win at all costs. At all costs, if you're going to be sued, make sure that you make enough that you can handle the litigations. He's a motherfucker. He but more of a gangster. You know, the first thing he does is sit at the table. Like right now, if we sit at the table, I say I need loyalty from you guys. I need loyalty. What's the loyalty? Loyalty is no matter what we do, we ride this shit out. Like, what the fuck? He, you know, that's a mob shit. He, he's, he's a, he's a character. Um, you know, Trump is a motherfucker though, and he's not even that rich. I mean, you've got people like you know Warren Buffett. You've got all these different people that are way more caked out than him. They're like, I'll show you my. I'm, my thing is, why won't you show up your taxes? I mean, where where was that? What's what's so deep in your taxes that right. you won't show? You know, I bet I bet if I was running for president, they had my taxes oh, on TMZ on, tonight. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? That would be I, the least of what they have yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yo, but you know, I think honestly, Aries, I think even talking about Trump at this point, what hasn't already been said, it's like, what can I really say? I think He's so obvious and it's so out there. Now, there's Trump supporters. Lost sheep. I, I don't think they're all bad. I think they just are fed up with the way things are and they believe that he's going to shake up the world and stuff. But for them to listen to a lot of the stuff and just be like, I don't hear that. I don't hear that. I don't hear that. Coco's father is like a Harley Davidson riding uh, Arizona man and like, you know, me and him had a long conversation. You know, he's a Trump supporter, so we talking. And I'm like, why are you jumping through? Well, they want to take our guns. 
and I ain't taking your guns, you know. But because they catch hold of the headlines. So, yeah. Well, the Muslims are going to try to take over the country. I'm like, Muslim, first off, that's not a race, Pops. That's like a, that's a religion. Like, they don't, right. they, they, they get caught in the headlines and stuff. Mexicans, I'm like, well, <coughs> have the Mexican ever took your job as, you're an accountant. Like, right. I know they're lining up outside to take your job. But hmm. so they get caught in the headlines and, you know, I think what happened, this is what I think happened with Trump. Black Lives Matter happened, right? Black Lives Matter scared white people to the polls. But then we didn't vote because we didn't like Hillary. See? Or Trump. Or Trump. Yeah. So the black, we, we, we kind of created a front, which we needed because Black Lives Matter, we got to address that. But they, they played it like, oh, that's a terrorist group. That's the black Klan. And then the terrorist group, then, then white people that normally didn't vote, said, we got to go to the voting booths. We got to go to the voting booths. The Black Lives Matter is going to come get us, right? And then they voted. But then as, as black people, we didn't vote. So we sat back and we just let it happen. So I think it kind of like we shot ourselves in the foot there. I think if Black Lives Matter, which we definitely need, and I'm a full supporter of it because we do matter. All lives matter. But Black Lives Matter, we're talking about that right now. Right now. Uh you know, just so that any white people listen to this, it's very important that they don't because they don't understand this. All homes matter. But if there's a house that's on fire, that one matters. That one matters. You know, I, I did a song called No Lives Matter. Google that body count. And I broke it down. You know, if I say gay lives matter, if I said women's lives matter and you say all lives matter, you're diluting what I'm saying. Same. I'm trying to say women's right. lives matter. But all lives matter. Dude, dude, you right. fucking, I'm trying to say something. Right. Why are you trying to dilute it? Right. Okay, so anyway, long story short, I think that's how Trump got in, and I think that this next election, motherfuckers that never vote will come up out the woodwork and get active. Here's another thing about America that black people don't understand. We only make up 15% of the population. Uh, if you live in a city, You'll go, oh, well, it's a lot of black people. But if you go into the Midwest, ain't no black people out there. You know, if you go into the, the, the heartland of the United States, we're in Atlanta, we're in L.A., New York, and big cities. But, Chicago, yeah. Yeah, but so when Obama got in, Obama got in from white voters. I call, I say Obama won because of the hip-hop vote. He won because of the white kids that listened to P.E. and Ice and all the rappers. They realized we're not the enemy. And they were ready to vote for a black man. They were like, oh, I could fuck with Obama. You know, white people did. So I think as far as dealing with this racism as a black man, you have to understand that it's not that simple. And they want to make it black and white. But when you do that, you turn down the open arms of the white ally, the person that really wants to help you or the Mexican or anybody else. They want to keep us all separate. Right. Mexicans ain't black. Blacks don't defend the Mexicans. Don't defend the Asians. Y'all listen, listen, listen. Either you fucks with people or you don't. I, I, I don't have a problem with any race, any religion, any personal preference. Whatever you want to do, that's your motherfucking business. When you start telling me how I should live, that's when we create a problem. Did you always feel that way though, or did you ever have like anxiety towards different races? Even I always had a, only thing I ever had anxiety from from was being you know as far I guess would be gayness when I was a kid because you grow up in a neighborhood where masculinity is at a premium, so anything that ain't hard you call it a sissy. 
You dig? And you yeah. grow out of that. I, I, well, by the time I was 18, 19 years old, I was starting to learn away from that because I was meeting gay people that was cool and they was, and I, I realized it was a life choice. So when you're a kid, you don't know nothing. You just, right. oh, you soft, you a sissy. You know, that's that old bullshit. But as you get older, you learn, you know, and now, you know, that's all wiped out of my brain too. That's interesting though because on, uh, on SVU, uh, out of all the characters that they've had over how many years, uh, it's, yeah. uh, all the Law and Orders, right. you were the dude that got the uh, the gay son. Yeah, absolutely. They they wrote that into. And I don't. I have absolutely no problem. I mean, you know, what happens if I, my son does, is gay? I right. mean, what, what am I going to cast him away? No, that's my son. So, but I think a lot of things that young kids don't understand, it requires you to mature into those positions and understand that you have to learn. At this age, I'm talking on a level of wisdom that comes from age and experience. You know what I'm saying? And you'll learn these things. It's, what, what, what do I get out of hating somebody that doesn't hate me? Where, where's the angle on that? If, if, if you, if, of course, I'm going to bring back the energy you bring to me. But just for some unknown reason, you know, I can say my preference. I might not, I might not prefer this, but... I don't have time to hate that shit. I don't got no problems with that. I really like how you guys played it, though, because I don't know if it was you or the direction of the director, though, but you played you, your son in the SVU is, is gay, but you never played it like he was... That, that was just part of the character. It wasn't... Listen, there, there's gay, and then there's Magic Johnson's son. Well, <laughs> I was going to say you didn't play it like they came straight out of Atlanta. Super so, queen, uh, yeah. So. Look, I work with... Now, being in this industry, I work with so many gay men and gay different women and different things like that. It's like I'm totally, you know, I have no issues. I mean, my thing is just like, yo, you know what I do with both of the gay people I work with? It's like, look, respect me. I'm straight. Right. If you respect me, you know... Don't play no games with me. Don't come up to me, you know, playing no gay games. Let's let's keep it 100. And we get along perfectly. Like, respect. I remember when I was doing um, my first record. And this is a very touchy subject because the problem is when you just have open conversation, anybody can pick any soundbite out of this and flip it and then run it somewhere and say, oh, T said he hates this, which is, you know. We experience that in comedy all the time. And that's why people don't want to talk about shit. Because they go, oh, well, I can get it twisted and misconstrued. But fuck it. So anyway, when I did my uh, first album, uh, I had a line on it uh, called, it said, guys grab a girl, girls grab a guy. If a guy wants a guy, please take it outside. So my, mm. my, 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 uh, my, my um, head of my label, Seymour Stein, hits me up. he goes, Ice-T, what's this lyric? I said, Seymour, I'm not gay bashing. I'm just saying, I want to see it. Can I say right. that? Right. Can I say that? And he's like, yeah, but you might offend. I said, Seymour, if y'all, if people could be gay, can I be straight? Right. Can Hello. I, can I be straight? And he goes, touche, Ice. And I'm like, yo, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm saying to all these people that are at my parties, but I, you know, and it was funny, um, Coco has two gay uh, assistants, of Solji, who was on a show, and another one who uh, basically worked in hair and makeup for her. So we're driving in the car, and they segue into some gay uh, sexual escapades. This is my joke. Yeah. Go ahead. I love this. Go ahead. Yeah. I stopped the car. 
I said, yo, dog, I love you guys and everything, but come on, man. I'm trying to hold the steering wheel. I can't. Y'all talking this shit. Is- <laughs> I do a joke. Okay. That's based on that. But go ahead. I was like, come on, man. Come on. What's up with this? I don't want to hear this stuff like that. They start laughing. Okay, Ice, we sorry. We didn't know you. You know, I was like, cool. And, you know, it's just respect. It's just respect. In the same sense, if I have a woman in the room and me and Aries want to start talking about some heavy sexual escapade with a woman, she might be like, guys, guys. Yeah. Guys. And let me just say for the record, because <laughs> again, I know we live in, in a moist era of comedy right now. Right. Uh, when I said the thing about Magic Johnson, son, man, be who you want to be. Yeah. I, I'm a comedian, so it's, it's hard for me not to hit the comic button when the opportunity presents itself. But by all means, we ain't attacking magic. Some we love magic and his son. We ain't tripping. It's just, yo, let me, let me, me, it's crazy though. man. people take, people could take offense to anything. I could say it's a beautiful morning and they will go, not where I live. It's fucked up. You got it. Good. You know, of course it is. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, my baby is a wonderful. Yeah, you're lucky because you had a healthy baby. My baby, you know, like no matter right. what the fuck you say, right? If you, if, and you know, I always came from this zone. If you're looking for trouble, you can find it. So if somebody, if somebody's looking for trouble, you can definitely find it. Right. You know, if that's what you're into, we ain't looking for no trouble. We just chopping, shooting some game, talking right. some pimping, enjoying shit. Um, <laughs> we're we're almost out of time, so I gotta. I want to. No, we got time until you gotta go. Okay, well, shit. Okay. Um, we got time until yeah. you gotta go. Um, gotta ask you. Gotta say, man. First and foremost, there's a man on this planet that doesn't know who Ice T is and who your la- lovely wife is. Yeah. So I want to, if I could, sir, tip my hat to you. Uh, to one of the baddest motherfuckers in the game, brother. <laughs> Sir, thank you. Mazel tov. My question to you is this. Uh, I'm going back to the racial thing for a second. Uh, it's known in the black community that sometimes black women, not all, and I say this in my stand-up too, that black women often get upset when they see successful brothers on the arm of somebody that's not them. I can imagine, but I don't want to assume, so let me ask. Have you ever, or do you catch still to this day backlash because of that not from black women really well you know like people that have a problem with you will never say it to you so i'm sure there's some that look and won't say nothing to me right or we'll go uh, you know in this up but mostly we get is sisters walking up telling coco how much they love her right. how fly we are and all right. that type of stuff had congratulations on the baby we get more of that like we'll be in the project shooting law and order and the most gangsters thugged out chick who we think probably would have a problem with coco loves coco right so never that um i'm sure you know i always say people have a problem with something being removed from them so it's like if black women wanted me and right. Coco took me. I don't think black women really wanted me. I don't think right. nobody cared. I'm not. I'm, I wasn't that high profile guy that they all desired. But no, nah, I mean, you know, I've dated every flavor at, at 31 flavors. You dig what I'm saying? I've been with every right. kind of woman and stuff. And I never knew I was going to end up with a white woman. That wasn't my agenda. Right. You know, my, my buddy Rich said, man, you just wanted to find somebody to understand what you were saying. You dig what I'm saying? You try to put it down. You need somebody can really understand what you were saying. Right. And I tell people, I mean, if it had been a, a Martian, you know, no. then I'd be fucking some green pussy right now. You know, <laughs> But it, it wasn't. And I, I, what I hear from, here's a funny thing. <clears throat> Not black women, white men. 
You see? Because the person that feels catches the feelings feels something is removed from them. That should be them. So the right. black girls don't feel like, well, ice is ours, so Coco, you done something to me. It's the white men that see Coco and they go. I, I one time I was coming out of a restaurant and one white man was like, I need to start rapping. <laughs> That's funny. You but, see, but, but I'm gonna tell you something though, and 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 here's my experience. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm surprised that you say that, but I'm not surprised that you say that. Yeah. And this is what I mean. A bad bitch is a bad bitch, right. regardless of right. color. Right. But white guys sometimes what they see as beauty isn't what we see, and right. I'm saying that to say, look, and, and, and uh, Miss Ice, I'm t- t- right. Right. I got you. You know what I'm saying? She's she's thick. Yeah. She's not built like the average. White woman, right? So most white guys don't they, like. That. They won't find that attractive. They they like flat. I, I I can't tell you how many times I be at a bar and I'm smoking and drinking outside and shit, and it'd be me and a white dude standing there and a regular average white chick walk by, ass as flat as notebook paper, right? And he look at her ass and then look at me and go, huh? Yeah. And I'm looking at him going, nigga, what did you see? Right. And then the opposite. A black woman to walk by, thick thighs, fat ass, and I go, "Oh my god!" I turn to him, and he's right. like, "Ugh." Right. So well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. I see where guys would say yet say that, but I'm also do. like, "Well, thank God we all don't like the same thing." You know, one of my best friends, Shiny Shine, me and him be best friends because we all have we have different tastes. Right. So we never would go after the same chick. You right. know, he would pick a different kind of chick out. I would pick a different right. type of chick. Uh, I mean, my thing is that. You know, anybody who's got time to worry about who someone else is with, they they missing the point. They need to figure out who the fuck they need to be with. Right. You know, concentrating on, you know, what, what Aries' girl is or who this that. You know, all I know is Coco is a good person. She's the nicest person I ever met in my life. I mean, the nicest person. Like, people hate on her, and she's right. just oblivious to it. Like, why? What did I do? Right. I remember when she first came out. Oh, she got a fake ass. I'm like... White girls ain't got butts. I'm like, you ain't seen enough white girls. Yeah, you know that. I, I can vouch for that. that that's the I, thing. Yeah. And you know what you were saying about people's preferences? Have you ever noticed that the thick white girls end up in the black clubs? They come right. to the black because they they go where right. they're appreciated. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're gonna right. go. Well, damn, the white guys may not like me, but I'll go to the black yeah. club and yeah, yeah, brothers. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 the best thing since sliced bread over here. Right. Right. So I I don't I don't really get into that stuff. Um, I think that. As a human being, you have to make your own choices and then let the chips fall where they may. You know, I've had people one. I posted a picture the other day about Chanel and somebody said, wow, that's a white baby. I'm like, wow. You know, and I, I, I look at them like that's sad that you that's what you see. You she know? looks just like you. Yeah, she like me. But I mean, like you see a white. But what's the matter with you? What's the matter right, with you? Right. Why, why would you? What's what's part of the where, where's the problem? So I'm not on that channel. I'm just like, look, man, I don't I don't look at race. I, I notice it. But I judge a devil by his deeds. I watch it get down. I watch how you treat me. I watch how you treat other people when we're together. Like if you with me Aries every day, but you talking down on your partners, I'm just not. I'm next. Yeah. You see, if you say yeah, I'm gonna get that nigga. You gonna rob this motherfucker? Like word, that's your get down. So I watch everyone's get down. I, I like I always tell girls, I'm like, if you got a girlfriend to talk shit about all her other girlfriends, what does she do when she's not with you? She's right. probably talking shit about you. Right. So I, I I fucks with people. Like I have a, a no hate policy around me. And I believe all of us should let other niggas know when they hating. 
So I'll check you. If I catch you hating, I'll be like, cuz. Right. You hating, nigga. Come on, right, break right. it down. You might be like, yeah, nigga, I am hating right now. <laughs> you know, but I'm going I'm to acknowledge it. I'm going to be like, dog, what did dude do to you? You don't right. even know, dude. What, where is this coming from? And if you don't have a case, right. I'm going to call. I'm going to say, yo, you hating, nigga. What's the problem? Right. So. You know, we trying to elevate away from that bullshit, Aries. There's enough real shit to hate right. than to hate people that don't deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me let me go to New Jack City. For Let's us. go to New Jack City. Again. We having fun. It's a good podcast. <laughs> again, because uh, again, I don't want to make it seem like you know, because uh, like I'm super young because I'm not. But again, I, I grew up on you, right? You know what right. I'm saying? And, right. and like, I remember again when New Jack came out, man. Me and my boys went to the theater in droves and saw that, and and and. You know, when you was talking about the cop thing for a second, I think also what's different, though, to me in terms of our community from SUV versus New Jack, it felt like a, I don't want to say a hip hop movie. It was. But yeah, it felt yeah. like a movie for us. So I don't I didn't even see you as a cop in that sense. Like, oh, this nigga's playing a pig. I just went, this nigga's right. a cool cop, a hip hop cop. Um, and, you, you know, of course, Wesley Snipes in the movie, one of my favorites. He And he also was following me on Twitter. And it's funny because coming up, as you know the people that that raised you in the Hollywood world, once you start doing it, you don't expect them. I never expected them to know me. I'm going, I know Ice T. Right. I know Wesley Snipes. Right. right. And one day I tweeted Wesley and I just was like, hey, man, respect, King. You that nigga. He hit me back. Respect to you, my nigga. You good, too. And I was right. like, oh. Aries, we see you, man. You've been out there. You a funny <laughs> motherfucker. Don't trip. Thank you, man. Don't trip. We see you. And, you know, like I say, like, when, like I said, when I... Fuck Mad TV. When I seen you rapping on that, I don't know what it was. I'm like, this nigga is dope. Thanks, I got it. And, and and every once in a while, you're gonna hit something that's gonna make people fuck with you. They're gonna say, and there's probably people listening to this radio or listening to this podcast that don't really fuck with me. And I might say something that says, "All right, now I like him." I mean, you never right, know. Right. Or I might say something that's like, "I don't fuck with him no more." The only thing you could do is just be yourself, be honest, and hope. That way, the people that do like you, they like the real you. Right. They like the real you. They they don't like some creation you created to be accepted. You know, and you know, and that's how you got to ride. So, do you have any? My question was going to be any New Jack funny City. Wesley Snipes stories or New Jack City stories or some shit to make you go, oh yeah, New Jack City. New Jack City was scary because you know I get the, I get the job. And they said it's a cop. And at that time, I had a perm. I was just doing the original gangster album. So I was deep, you know, on some old street shit. Gonna play the police. I'm like, word. So first, I was nervous as hell. But then, like I say, my friends was like, nigga, you better go do the movie. So we go in to read for the movie. It's me, Chris Rock. Uh, all of us were new. Wesley had only done Major League. Right. And... uh Wesley came in. He had his fucking script and a leather binder and all this shit, <laughs> notes and shit. I had my shit in my back pocket. <laughs> so we go to read the lines. So we're reading, 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 reading. And there was another artist that was supposed to play G Money. I ain't gonna say his name, but right. he was supposed to play G Money. And uh, one day we came in. He was gone, and Alan Payne was in there. Right. 
and Alan knew all the lines and we were like holy shit they're replacing motherfuckers right now and the cold thing is the nigga stepped in and knew all the lines so he knew he was replacing this dude we're in a warp so me and Chris Rock are looking at each other like you just seen that you just seen that what the fuck happened so then it was when we finished the scene that the, the, the read through that day the lady was like you guys can go Chris Rock was like Fuck that, man. I know. I mean, they probably got Charlie Barnett downstairs. <laughs> I was like, Chuck D's downstairs trying on a dread wig. We like, like, we ain't leaving. We'll be right here until everybody finishes. So, you know, it was just fun. It was a new Jack movie. Everybody was new. Uh, Mario Van Peoples did a wonderful job directing it. And we were like having huddles on the set. Right. Like we were, like that legendary line, uh, uh, um, I'm going to shoot you so bad my dick's hard. That was just me talking shit. And we had been in this big fight scene. Me and Wesley had been fighting for like five hours. Coming down this fire escape, all this old bullshit. And then I just said that shit. And so that wasn't in the script? Oh, no. And then I said it. And I, I remember George Jackson, rest in peace, the producer said, What did that nigga say? What did that nigga just say? What did he say? He said he won't shoot the nigga what? That's in the movie. That's in the movie. The fuck? Ice-T. My nigga. What the fuck? And that, yeah. And I, it was just like, you know, that's how it was happening. So we had a good time on the movie. The movie cost, it was supposed to cost $5 million. I think it cost $8 million. It made like $87 million. Yeah. I made $23,000. And hip hop was thrown to America. Hey, well, hip hop had been thrown already to America created, but no, that. but not in this way, not in this yeah. night. Because this is my question: because California hip hop wasn't really out right, there. Right. You did New Jack City. You become kind of the face of California hip hop. But I got minute. the keys to New York. Like that was like I was shooting in New York. The California movies were more like you know. Uh, menace to society, you know, boys in the hood. Those, but those didn't come out till later. Yeah. So, but you, for that minute, you were the face of California hip hop. Any backlash from that? Any? I was a little bit of everything for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, it, it brings me to that. I'm glad he asked that because it brings me to this. And, and I still, every now and then, listen to this and go see this on YouTube. Uh, as far as collaborations go, two of my favorite songs, and this was both coasts addressing. Violence, right? West uh, uh, self-destruction, right? And all in the same game, right? Did people from the, the West Coast rappers talk to the East Coast rappers and say because it came out around the same time and said let's both do this or that just happened to be? No, I think it was. Uh, I think it was uh, self-destruction was the first one, and then Michael Conception, who's a G out of L.A., who basically had started a record label called Grand Jury at the time was making phone calls, say, yo, we got an idea, we want to do something like that. On our coast, we need it bad because of the gang situation was real. So, you know, when Michael calls, you pick up the phone. So I remember he called me, say, yeah, man, I want to do this. I'm like, I'm in, you know. So all you need is one person to make right. the phone calls, and then they go, blah, we're going to go into rehearsal hall, I mean, recording studios. And we just knocked it out. And then the video just came. I mean, nobody got paid for that record. That was, right. I think that was just a... Uh, it was a chance to do something. I think we performed it on um, Arsenio Hall right. and all that kind of stuff. You when y'all shot the video, was everybody there at the same time? No. Oh, wow. No, it wasn't. Um, it's damn near impossible to get everybody in the same place at the same time on a favor. Right. You know, oh, right. so so it's kind of like we're going to catch you when we can. We're going to edit it and make it happen. Right. But, I mean, it was more about the sentiment of the record. What were we trying to say? Right. Wow. 
All right. Well, shit. Uh, damn, that's it, brother. Uh, I, 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 I've I got, asked I got all one. my questions, I got, I got, man. I got one. I got yeah. one. So, 20 years, SVU. Yeah. So... I know a lot of people retired on the show. They had people actually do their retirement on the show, like they they left they left the force. Yeah, but Are that's you, not real retirement. Yeah, no, no, yeah, cause they, yeah, yeah, cause, yeah. But when you when you go when they retire, you're, when Finn gets retired from the show, if it ever gets if if, if whatever happens next. Are you going to retire? Will he retire, or will he go out like in a blaze of glory? You know, I don't know. Like, um, I'm working with Dick Wolf, right? So, like I said, I've done five shows with Dick Wolf, mm-hmm. so. My loyalty is with Wolf Films. Now, Wolf Films has eight shows, I think, now. They got FBI. They got uh, all the Chicago things. Yeah. They're doing another one called Law & Order Hate Crimes. So, you know, like if you look at Epatha, who was on the original Law & Order, now she's on Chicago Med. So I'll probably stay in the Dick Wolf universe. Also, this might be an exclusive. There's, there's a... Uh, there's a buzz about New York Undercover coming back. Oh, really? I see. Um, c- can you bring niggas into the <laughs> universe? <laughs> At least get me a mind. I tried to get. I, I, I've actually gotten a phone call from Snoop, who actually wanted to be on the show. They, they. I just throw their names in the hat. Little Wayne's right. people actually called up, said Wayne would like to do the show. Jeez. I will hear the list of funny stories. Snoop calls me up, but this is a phone call from Snoop. He go, "Y'all, cuz, check this out, cuz." I ain't gonna lie, my nigga. I never watched Law and Order, man. I never knew. I know you was getting paid, cuz, but I ain't know. The other day, man, I watched that shit, nigga. I watched that shit for like 12 hours, cuz. That's just hard as a motherfucker, cuz. So he's like, I need to get up on that. I'm like, all right, Snoop. I said, let me put your name in. You know, and my thing is, I just go to the producers and I say, yo, Ari Spears wants to be on the show. And they'll. If, if, and if they see fit, you know, they put Big Daddy Kane on the show. They've had meth on the show. They had Ludacris on the show. Dick Wolf will put musicians and hip-hop artists and people in. It just has to fit into the script. So I asked Snoop, I said, so what, you want to be a rapist? You want to be a, a cop? <laughs> he says, now, I just want to get the paper, man. I'll play what you tell me to, man. I'm trying to do my acting thing like you, big OG. So I was like, okay, okay. Right. And I think that's the one of the beauties of acting is you get to be other people and... uh Enjoy yourself, man. So I'm just riding this shit out. Uh, Law and Order, we're on a 20th season. We're moving to the 21st season. If we pull the next one off, that'll be the longest running television show in history as far as drama. Only other one was Gunsmoke, which was probably before most people listening were born. So if we get that, you know, but me, myself, I'm black. I'm not jumping off a boat while it's still floating. There's no motherfucking reason to. I'm not. I, and a lot of my friends that making movies are calling me, asking me for money. They like, yo, man. I was like, nigga, wasn't you just in such thing? Yeah, man, but shit, man. We blew that dough. I'm like, what's happening? So this, when you get a TV show like this, it's 23, 25 episodes a season. You get to live in one place. I work at Chelsea Piers. I get to go in, go out, come here. It's the closest thing to job security you can Jesus. get. You know, when, when they say they pick up the next season, that's 23 episodes. That's 23 checks. You can count on it. Two years in. So you just take it. And then I, I also do my music on the week, on, on the summer. You know, I was body counted 32 uh, concert dates in 34 days. 32 countries in 34 days. Wow. I'm about to make the new Carnivore album coming up for the new body count stuff. So I do... I have enough time to do other things, including your podcast. I don't have a lot of time, but I'm happy. I'm doing. Chuck D told me, he said, Ice, at this point, you should be doing what the fuck you want to do, and you should be having fun. 
And I've kind of like strategically created my life to everything I do, I enjoy. Well, T, if you can, man, like I told you over the phone, uh, Cameo. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's some shit you could do sitting on your couch watching TV. What's that? Remember, it's the celebrity. um, Oh yeah, let's talk about that when we get off. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know that could. No, no. I I mean, yeah, I want to. I want. I wouldn't mind hooking that up, but uh, yeah. I I have one more. I have one more. Just one more. I mean, because I stared at you for the first half an hour, and I didn't. I'm here for that, man. That's what it is, nigga. It ain't every day. (laughs) Ninety nine problems. Yeah, your your song. Yes, gets recorded by Jay Z. Yeah. What, what was the difference in paper that you got from Jay Z recording it? To well, I had to pay him. I couldn't just do the song. Had to pay him. Jay, you know what I mean? Jay Z's over here. Last homie in the building right now. Don't you agree? <laughs> was it different? Did it, did it make you a lot of money? No. Well, the different is when I made the record myself. That was on an album with Brother Marquise from Two Live Crew. That was on, I think, the Home Invasion album. And the way the story goes is that. Chris Rock was in the studio with Rick Rubin, and Rick Rubin was trying to come up with something for Jay to do, and Chris Rock brought that song to him, and Jay flipped it. Uh, it was all publishing at that point. Okay. And I had a publishing deal with Warner Chapel, so that money went to publishing deals. So it wasn't like I got a check. That kind of went into the system and stuff. But, uh, you know, it's what we do. And, and, and when people remake your records, that's kind of like, I mean, Jay could have in the song said, Ice! <laughs> You know, you could have threw me one. You know, throw me a bone, Jigga. Come on, what's right, happening? Right, right. You know, but uh, no harm, no foul. All right. You know, it was just how the shit went. So, so uh, I get accused of looking like uh, Rick sometimes. Do I look like Rick? No, you way thinner than Rick. Rick. <laughs> like, Ruben's a big old guy, but Rick is the man. I mean, come on, from Beastie Boys to Slayer, from everywhere. Yeah, he he he. I work with him for on the Slayer Judgment Night soundtrack. Rick Rubin. He's one of them guys, if you're fortunate for him to like you, you've made it, you know, because he don't like everybody. He don't fuck with everybody. He's so. someone I would like to do a podcast with. I would like to get him on a podcast. I don't know if he does shit like I don't this. think he does. Yeah, Rick's kind of like, yeah, he's very like, he fucks with who he wants to fuck with because he put made his life like that. And I ain't yeah. mad at him. I ain't mad at him at all. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I told y'all we was going to make it happen. My man made it happen for me. Uh, again, the, the, the legend. Y'all know the man. All the movies, the TV shows. He is the man. T, thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Hey, man. man I'm just trying to trying to stay afloat, man. I tell people I'm treading water and it's full of sharks. Uh, Jack, you dig? Uh, so I'm just trying to stay the fuck out the way. That's my plan for the next ten years: to stay the fuck out the way and, and you know take care of my family and fuck with the people I fuck with, like you. Yeah, it is, baby. I don't know when it's gonna happen, y'all, but Mike Tyson's gonna be due up next. We're trying to move up in the world, you know what I mean? So again, as always, we'll see y'all next week. We in Pleasanton, right? Yeah, we're in Pleasant. Yeah, in the Bay Area, Tommy T's. Uh, always follow Instagram, Aerie Spears, Facebook, Aerie Spears, Pandora. It's free. Uh, my cameo, check that out. And uh, I think that's it, man. Andy Comedy on Instagram, or you can go to my uh, webpage, andycomedy.com. All my uh, social media is in the upper And I'm on corner. Twitter at Final Level, and I'm on Instagram at IceMFT. You already know what the MF stands for. Uh. Follow, yeah. that, follow, follow his Twitter. It is great Twitter. You, I, you I wish I could again. Maybe I will someday. Someday, someday. They let me back in the building. What's, they capping me right now. The, yeah, they <laughs> So we did is we out, y'all. Bye. Pussy ass, nigga.